Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. I want to welcome you to our special series of Money Sense, specifically dedicated to providing valuable information regarding the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic. For nearly 30 years, I have been helping listeners learn how to relate many of life's situations to their finances. This pandemic has caused wide-scale disruption in nearly every sector of our lives. No matter your personal situation, we strive to meet you where you are at, both financially and emotionally. Our guests during this series include a futurist, economist, physician, psychologist, as well as local Milwaukee business professionals to get their perspective on how you can apply their insight and expertise to your financial future. This important series will be aired on WISN AM 1130 during our regular Money Sense times, which are Saturdays at 2 o'clock p.m. and Sundays at noon. They will also be available on demand at ellenbecker.com slash money sense or on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. We hope you will find these informative and be sure to share them with your family and your friends. My guest today is attorney Carl Horborn, and he is going to talk to us today about some of the issues around um, business succession planning. And we had an opportunity a few weeks ago to talk, and I mentioned that so many people have passed away during this COVID-19. And I'm guessing that some of them were probably business owners, and some of them had succession plans, and maybe some of them didn't. And as we were talking about some of the reasons for having succession plan, we started to look at doing a radio show because many times people don't do anything. And I believe that this is the first time where collectively as a country, we've all thought about what if we die? What if I get sick? What if it happens to me? And so I asked Carl if he would come on and talk about some of the questions and some of the things are, why do I need succession planning? Can't I just hand the business over to my children? (laughs) Why can't I leave the business to someone in my will? And these are all really important issues. And of course, if you haven't had to deal with them, they are sort of like that messy closet over there in the corner that we, you know, just kind of walk by every day. But a lot of people have had to deal with it during this coronavirus. And I really think that the information that Carl has to share is not only good for business owners, but it's good for families. I think we all need a good, solid succession plan. So welcome to the show, Carl. Well, thank you, Karen. And I do want to mention that you are right here in Wisconsin, and you're with the firm O'Neill, Cannon, Holman, Dijon, and Lang, and you've got over 40 attorneys that are in your, and not only here, but I believe it's um, Madison, Milwaukee, and... And we have a Port Washington office as well. Port Washington office, yes. Yeah, so we're 40 lawyers. Uh, we specialize in representing closely held family-owned businesses and representing them all in their various legal needs, whether it be business succession planning, mergers and acquisitions, litigation, taxation, real estate, labor, employment, for the local um, uh, closely held business in the state of Wisconsin. Uh, that's our niche. That's our market. Well, can you go into a little, and I know that you, your phone has been ringing off the wall and you've been really busy during this time. Can you 
explain to our listeners why it is so important to have a business succession plan. And I've had clients who are business owners and they just think they're going to live forever and that it's all going to fall in place. But the truth of it is it can be pretty messy. Yeah. You know, a family owned or a closely held business is much different than so many other assets that we have. If you have a retirement account or if you have a home or if you have an investment account, you know, those assets are easily liquidated, easily transferred. Okay. A closely held business, um, and it can be quite valuable, is much more difficult uh, to transfer. It's more difficult to divide. It takes management and control to run it. So unlike many assets that people have uh, in their net worth, uh, a closely held business requires a lot more uh, planning, um, consideration, and just focus to make sure that it gets transferred correctly and appropriately. And the other thing is it makes up a significant portion of many business owners' uh, net worth. Uh, Many times it's by far their largest asset. Sometimes it equals 80, 90% of their overall net worth. Um, So it's very, very important to them from a financial perspective. And then it's also very important to them because they've grown this business. If you're a business owner, you put your heart and soul into this business. And apart from the finances, you want to make sure that your employees and your customers and everyone that is uh, involved in that business, you know, continues and is successful and it works out well. So there's many non-financial issues too that you have to consider in business succession plan. And so often businesses have people that have worked there forever and they have a lot of family. And sometimes there's people that are working there as in my case, I've got three children. My daughter is the president of EIG, but neither of my sons are involved in the company at all. And just thinking about how to keep sometimes how to keep things equal. What are some of the challenges that people are faced. And I know, Carl, for me, when I was thinking about retiring, all I kept thinking about is I don't want anyone to change my baby's clothes. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I birthed this baby. I, you know, I created the wardrobe and it's hard to let go. Sure, sure. So, you know, and it doesn't have to be all at once, you know, in, as part of the business succession planning, it's a process. You don't do a business succession plan one day and transfer the business over the next. Uh, It takes years uh, sometimes of planning and execution uh, to make sure that uh, uh, the business gets transferred uh, correctly. And many times you do it in stages. Um, You know, rarely do we recommend that you transfer 100% of the business all at once to a child or a family member or a key employee. Um, uh, It works much better to do it in stages so that you develop a comfort level with the transfer, doing it over a period of time. Uh, is really a, a great way to do it. Um, you know, another significant issue is if you have uh, parents that own a business and they have children, some that are in the business and some that are not in the business, one real important issue and an issue that we spend a lot of time on is, you know, how do you treat the children fairly? Um, and, you know, the worst thing you can do is divide the business equally among your children and give those children who aren't employees or who are not working in the business a portion of it equivalent to those that are working in the business because um, uh, those that are working in the business are going to have concern, anxiety about their siblings 
who are benefiting from the business but aren't contributing to it. And it can really create a recipe for some real trouble. Um, so what we really try to do is find ways to transfer other assets or other economic benefits to those children that aren't in the business. And sometimes it's not mathematical equality that we reach. We wanna be equitable, we wanna be fair. Um, but it, it's you know, because a, a closely held business is so hard to value, um, sometimes it's really hard to come up with mathematic equality, but we wanna be equitable and fair to all the children and all the stakeholders. Let's take a break. And when we come back, let's talk about what would happen if you have a client that, or an individual out there who did get the virus and maybe was laid up for weeks and weeks and they had a business. And as we've been told, people are really very sick and on respirators. And so they're not able to be making decisions. And then you have the individual that owns a business that actually passed away and it could have been passed to a spouse. What are some of the difficulties there? And then of course, if you have at the same time, what you're talking about, that business owner may have recognized that everybody wasn't in the family and didn't want it to be equitable, but their will or their trust says that everything gets divided equally between the kids. All of a sudden, that's happened, even though it might not have been what you wanted. So, Carl, if you could take some time just to go over some of the scenarios that could have been posed if someone had either gotten sick with COVID or had passed away as the owner of a small, as the owner of a, a closely held business. My guest today is Carl Holborn, and he is an attorney with the O'Neill, Cannon, Holman, De Jong, and Lang, and that is right here in Milwaukee. And as I said in our first um, segment, that Carl and I had an opportunity to talk not too long ago about some of the things that could go wrong and have gone wrong with the whole getting sick during this COVID-19. And so I've asked Carl if he would share some of those stories. And I'm hoping that if you see yourself in one of these stories, that you'll pick up the phone and you'll do something about it. You know, you'll actually take that step forward to prepare not only yourself and your employees and your family. And one of the ways that I often look at things is I say, what if, you got a call from your attorney and said there was a meeting being planned and you got to that meeting and all of a sudden you realized that it was the first meeting after your death and you're standing there and you're looking down on your family and the people, your beneficiaries, and you're seeing maybe a variety of different things, but you're seeing people who are talking together, they're celebrating your life, they're happy, they have trusted advisors in place, there's a plan, they know who to trust, or you're looking down and witnessing everyone who is in total disarray. They don't know where anything is and they're afraid. They don't know who to trust. Those are two scenarios that are totally diverse. And if you're listening to this today, you could have the possibility and the potential of changing that and creating the scenario that you would like. So Carl, what happens and what happened with business owners who actually did passed away during this epidemic, this pandemic. Yeah, you know, it's unfortunate it's happened. And um, sometimes we've seen it happen where they've done no planning at all. And no one knows uh, what the plan was. No one has a strategy. And the result is chaos. Uh, we had a situation, um, someone passed away and uh, the, their spouse found them. Uh, and uh, she didn't know where she was going to have the money for uh, the mortgage payment. 
Uh, it happened to be that they owned a very successful business, okay, but she had no idea that it was successful. She had no idea who to turn to. Um, the husband was uh, very much in control of the business. He ran the business, um, but didn't share a lot of information with anyone else. Um, so two things happened. There was a great deal of anxiety and uncertainty in that process. And then the other thing is the business lost significant value because the husband was the person, ran the business, was control of the business. He had all the contacts and um, nobody knew who to call and the, the value of the business dropped considerably. Okay? So uh, what I often like to do when I meet with clients is have them put together an emergency memo. One of the very first meetings I have, short term, um, who, what should we do? And, and we'll make it a, maybe a page, maybe two pages of in the event an emergency happened, this is what we should do, okay? Just to provide some minimal guidance so we know uh, what we should do. That's just the very, very, very first step. And then we need to do planning after that. And that planning can, can take, you know, months and years to, to go into more, more details. Um, but the very first step is to have some emergency plan in place because your business value is going to drop if you have no plan. Your family is going to have extraordinary anxiety. You have people crawling out of the woodwork who want to help, who maybe shouldn't help. Um, and it's chaos. And that's really what we want to avoid first and foremost in doing a business succession plan. We want to avoid chaos because chaos destroys the value of business and it hurts your family. What are some of the reasons that people procrastinate and actually don't take the initiative to start that planning process? Well, I think so many people uh, think that, you know, they're going to live forever and, um, and they just don't want to think about it because it is an uncomfortable process. It's funny, every time I meet with a client and we get a business succession planning uh, plan in place, at the end of it, they say, you know, that wasn't that bad. And I feel real glad that I spent some time to put this together because they have such sort of angst and anxiety about thinking about, you know, what happens uh, if something were to happen to them and their family. Um, but if they just work through the process, uh, they, they generally almost to a person feels better about having a plan in place. Um, so that's one thing for sure is that they just don't want to think about it. Two is business owners are very busy people, okay? Um, you're, you're going 100 miles an hour trying to make profits, trying to grow your business, trying to take care of your employees, and you just don't have time to think about this. Uh, Procrastination is a huge issue in, in, in dealing with business succession planning, and that's oftentimes the biggest obstacle we have to face in getting a business owner to focus on doing this planning. So uh, I think one, people just don't want to think about it. And two, they think they're too busy to think about it. But quite frankly, when a business is the most valuable asset that you have and you sunk your heart and soul into it, it's one of the most important things that you should focus on. And, and really, it's, it's really important to do this kind of planning. I know that I started, I did my planning about five or six years ago. And I remember thinking to myself, I wish I had done this much sooner. I wish I had really thought about it in terms of a succession plan, almost when I was starting the business, you know, what would that look like? Because whether at some point, most businesses are going to be transitioned to someone or they're going to be sold. And if you move towards that idea that you're always positioning your business to sell, one of the things you need is a succession plan because anyone who's going to buy that business is going to look at your business differently 
if it's very well organized and if there's a plan. Can you talk to when should people start this process? I believe that you should have a business succession plan at the point when the business becomes a viable continuing entity. Uh, so it's very early on in the process that you have a business that, that has value and is ongoing. And it, it doesn't need to be a business succession plan that's volumes and volumes, but you should have an, an organized plan that says that if something happens to me, this is what I want to have happen with the business. And say, you know, when I plan to retire, this is what I want to have happen with the business. It, it, it's a fluid process. Uh, I had a situation where I had a client that had a very successful business, and he believed that his son, was, his eldest son, was going to take over the business. And that was his plan. And, and um, you know, his eldest son decided, you know, he didn't want to do that kind of work anymore. And he went on to become a school teacher. Um, so we changed the plan. And it turns out that the youngest son ended up taking over the business. Has done a wonderful job. And, um, you know, so this is a fluid process. Just because you come up with a plan, it's, it doesn't necessarily mean that's the only plan that you're going to have. Um, so start early and think about it periodically. It doesn't have to consume you, but you should have a plan and feel comfortable with the plan that you have. Carl, if somebody gets very sick, um, your client died and his wife found him and he had passed away. But what happens to a business when somebody gets sick and it might not even be COVID-19, but a heart attack, a stroke, you know, something unexpected. What happens at that point and what are the dangers that people should really consider? Well, one issue, an important issue is who's going to be in control of the company, who owns the controlling shares of the company that can vote and, and put the management in place that needs to be in place to run the company. Uh, one important uh, thing I always stress with my business owner is develop key management employees who can help take over the business if you're not there. It's going to make your business so much more valuable if you have key employees, key managers in terms of third parties, because third parties are going to see that as a real asset. You know, that's, that's the value of the business is the employees that you have. So really work to develop uh, key employees, key management that in the event you're not there, you know, they can run the company for a period of time. Um, so there's, there's two issues. One is who has control of the company, and that's uh, handled by the voting stock. So sometimes uh, the spouse would be the power of attorney who would manage the stock. Sometimes you have the stock in a trust. Um, so you want to decide who's going to be in control of the stock of the company or the equity of the company. And then the other issue is who's going to be the key managers that are actually going to run the company. Who's going to make the day-to-day -day operations work? Who's going to control the sales? Who's going to be my financial person to make sure that we're keeping good, accurate records? Um, so that's really what you want to have in place, control and management of the company. I know that if somebody would get sick or someone passed away, and if they own this company together, even though one of them may not even work in the company, but be a marital property state, and depending on how it has been set up, all of a sudden you might end up with one of the spouses in a situation that they have no clue, such as the woman that you were working with. And that effect on the business, even without the business owner passing away, could potentially be huge. Yeah, I mean, Think about a situation where you have two people that are co-owners of a business. They're both married. Okay. They're in business together with each other. Okay. And they may be great friends with each other's spouse, but they don't want to be business partners with each other's spouse. Um, so 
in that situation and in a situation where you have co-ownership like that, you need to have what's called a buy-sell agreement or a shareholder agreement um, that says that if one uh, of the owners uh, dies or becomes disabled, there's an exit strategy. So that person's family gets treated fairly, but at the same time, the person who's surviving is able to manage and control and run the company so that the company can be successful. Uh, very important planning where you have uh, owners, uh, co-owners of a company, whether it be two, three, or more, you definitely want to have a buy-sell or a shareholder agreement in place. My guest today is attorney Carl Holborn, and he is an attorney with O'Neill, Cannon, Holman, DeYoung, and Lang, and they are located right here in downtown Milwaukee and are a firm with over 40 attorneys who have expertise or focus on many different arenas. And today we're really talking about business succession planning. When we come back, let's um, take a look at, you have got five objectives for good succession planning. You've covered, you've talked about a little bit on each one, but let's go into a little bit more depth. And if you can explain it in a way that if somebody was sitting down and talking with you and they're listening to the show today, what are the things that they need to consider prior to coming in and talking with you? And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, the founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. My guest today is attorney Carl Holborn, and he is with the firm O'Neill Cannon, Holman, DeYoung, and Lang right here in Milwaukee. And uh, one of the things that Carl had sent to me was a wonderful book. It's called The Art, Science, and Law of Business Succession Planning. And if any of the things that we're talking about today has sort of um, stirred a, a interest, you can give them a call at 414-276-5000. You can ask for Carl, and he'd be happy to send a book out to you. And it's as I was saying to him over the break, it's so easy. It's done in such a way that you could almost take it bullet point by bullet point. You don't have to be overwhelmed. And that's what Carl said to me when I was talking to him. He said, you don't want to overwhelm people. You want to give them a plan, but nurture it along the way. And so I asked before we took our break, if we could talk about the, I think you said they were five different objectives in putting together a good plan. And one of them you've talked a little bit about is maximizing the value of your business. And I think a lot of times people don't even know exactly what that means. Yeah, because you know a closely held business isn't valued on a marketable exchange like a stock would be, right? So the value of a closely held family owned business, it's, it's not necessarily an easy thing to do. Um, and how you grow the value of that company, um, you know, is different than how you would grow uh, the value of a publicly traded company. So, um, in terms of uh, growing and maximizing the value of the business, you really want to develop key employees. That's uh, the most important thing from my perspective that makes a business valuable. Have really great employees that you invest in because they're going to continue to the value of the company causing it to grow and be more valuable in the future. So the number one thing that I suggest business owners do to uh, maximize the value of their business, invest and foster key employees and key management. You know, Carl, when I was looking at doing my planning, I remember I interviewed several attorneys and as they were looking at me, one of the attorneys had said to me, well, Karen, you got to teach your advisors 
how to fish. She said, you're the one that's been doing all the fishing. And then what I would do is I would work with clients and I would pass them to different advisors. And he said, nobody's going to buy your business if people can't fish on their own if you don't have hunters. And it never occurred to me. I mean, our business was going great. I was closing business. I was working with other advisors. And I stood back and I went, oh, that is the value of my business. It's not me doing everything. It's just what you're saying is putting key people in that can represent and be the person that will step in for you. Because a business owner, someone that's gonna buy your business eventually or someone stepping in needs to know that the business is going to stay and be there. Exactly right. Because if you retire or something happens to you and you die, um, if, if it's all about you, the value of the business plummets and goes away if you're not there. So that's how you increase the value of the business for your family uh, and for yourself. If you're trying to count on that business for retirement income, um, you need to have a value of the business if you're not no longer there. And I think that one of the things is that you do have to do it earlier because you're not going to transition right away. And in a way, you're almost practicing. You're putting things down and you're getting the plan in place. And it is a little bit fluid, but it does take time for you to actually do that. So sitting down early is much better than all of a sudden coming to you and saying, I have an issue, a very severe medical issue, and I don't know if I'm gonna be here in a year, I now have to plan. That's, that can be a little late. Yeah, if it takes someone 20 or 30 years to grow a business, they can't turn over the reins of the company in two months and expect that whoever is gonna take over from the management of the company is gonna be able to run the company in anywhere near the, the, the way that the business owner did. So it does, it, it's, it's a years long process to develop and foster these people um, so that they're capable and um, invested in the company. So start early, start early and, and do as, as, as much as you can to work on that. And I think the other thing is, um, being willing to be transparent and learning how to communicate some of the things about the business. So often, I know when I've talked to owners, they're really tight-lipped about everything and they're afraid to share information. But communication is so vital during your working years, but also at the point that you either get sick or retire. Having that communication is critical, I think. Right. And that, that's another thing that's going to keep these key employees and these managers committed to the company. Uh, I was working with a business uh, not too long ago, and we, we had a meeting with the key management. And they said, you know, what's going to happen uh, when you decide to retire to the owner of the business? And he said, well, of course, I'm going to turn it over to you. That's been my plan. And they said, well, we had no idea you were going to do that. And, and we weren't sure. And we were looking for our future. And these are people that are in their 40s and they're talented and they have lots of options. Um, if, if we didn't have that conversation and it went on for another few years and those people got a call from some other employer, they might have been gone. And, you know, the, the, the succession plan, you know, never would have got off the ground because the people that were going to succeed to the business, you know, weren't there. Uh, so communication, so people know that there's a plan in place, only helps. And I think, you know, the, old, uh, the older the generation, it seems like they're less likely and less inclined to share that information. And I think um, younger people are a little bit more open about that. But open communication is so very important, really a key ingredient to a successful plan. I don't know if you find this, but I often find it with clients where 
they'll say, I don't have very much and they've got millions of dollars, you know, and then I'll have clients that'll say, well, I'm set. I've got enough money and they have not enough money. Does that same thing go true with businesses that, you know, we all love our own babies. We all love our own children. Do business owners have difficulty truly accepting or understanding what the value of their business is? It's funny. Um, uh, in both ways. Sometimes I have situations where people have no idea the value of their business um, and they think it's much, worth much, much less than it actually is. And conversely, um, in many situations, sometimes when they think that it's, you know, going to be the next Amazon. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, going through sometimes part of this process, business and session planning process is to go out and get a good business valuation by a credible business valuation expert will look at the finances, look at the business, and be able to really tell you what your business is worth. Um, oftentimes, that's a, a very early step, a very good step, because everything kind of transfers from that. We can identify if you have any tax liability, depending on the value of the business or how much of a concern that is. We can tell you how much retirement income, uh, if you sell that business, either to an insider or an outsider that, that you might earn. Um, have some idea about equalizing the uh, value of, of gifts that you make to children who are working in the business as compared to transferring interests or other assets to those who are not. So having a good business valuation is oftentimes a very key first step to the business succession planning process. And really understanding the value of the different aspects of your business, like your intellectual property or your machinery or your equipment or your your list of clients, depending on what business you're in. Sometimes it's really hard to put a value on those things, but yet they all are important. And if you don't really realize it, you may be leaving out of your equation, your own personal equation, a big piece of your business. Absolutely. And another thing a good business valuation can do is it can tell you how to grow the value of the business. Okay. Typically the most key fundamental a piece of data in valuing a business is how much income uh, a, a business earns. And a good valuation person can kind of analyze the situation and help uh, provide some focus so you can grow the income, so you can grow the value of the business. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, one of the things I'd like to talk about is taxes. And my guest today is Carl Holborn, and he is has a master's degree in taxation. Nobody wants to pay too many taxes. And so when we come back, we'll talk about some of the strategies and why that's an important part as you value and you look at your business and you create your succession plan. My guest today is attorney Carl Horborn, and we have been talking about the importance of succession planning. I think now with COVID-19, it has really raised our awareness, but is this something that every business owner really should consider? And one of the things that I know nobody likes to pay is taxes, and that's an expertise that you certainly have. Yeah, so I, I do have a master's degree in tax, and you know the good news in the short term is the estate tax exemptions are fairly high. Um, and a, a husband and wife together can pass over $22 million in assets estate tax free. So the need for a hardcore estate tax planning for many people uh, from an estate tax perspective isn't there. But, but the way the law is written in 2025, those exemptions are gonna be cut in half. Okay, so it's gonna go from 22 million to about $11 million 
for uh, uh, husband and wife's uh, spouses. Um, and, you know, given all the money that we're spending uh, for stimulus and everything with the COVID-19, um, I think there's a likelihood that those exemptions could even go lower than that. Um, so even though for many people, estate taxes today is not a huge issue, okay, on the horizon, very likely it could be an issue. And if you want to minimize uh, those taxes that might occur uh, down the road, the best way to do it is get an early start on it. Uh, we're able to avoid and minimize taxes for very, very large estates, but we need to have time to do that because the strategy, strategies that we employ take time. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I would just say to anyone out there that if you have a business that's fairly significant, you should pay some attention and think a little bit about estate tax planning now because in the future, it's gonna be a much bigger problem, even though sitting here right now today, it's not. Being proactive is the key. And I think in addition to that, um, you've talked about children and somebody passing away. Well, it's really important then to be marrying this business succession plan with your own personal estate plan. And that's the area that you work on doing for people. Exactly right. And, and a family-owned business oftentimes is a very significant portion of a person's overall net worth and a family's overall net worth. But there's also other assets as well. There's a retirement account. There's a home, there's a vacation property, there's other investment accounts. Um, and uh, a good business succession plan is going to be integrated with the overall estate plan so that the business is successfully transferred, but the overall estate is also transferred, you know, upon death. Um, and that's why it's really important to do that from your family's perspective, because again, some family members, some children may be involved in the business um, and some may not be. We need to make sure that we have an integrated plan so the business is successful because that's a very important part of what a business owner has. But we also want to make sure that the other family members are taken care of and provided for. And sometimes life insurance is a way to do that. Sometimes transferring other assets. Sometimes what we have is when we have an operating business that has operates out of a piece of commercial real estate, sometimes we'll transfer that piece of commercial real estate to the child who's not involved in the business and set up a long-term lease. And the child that runs the business gets the, the stock in the business, runs the business. Um, and then uh, the ownership is split, uh, but the children then are treated uh, equitably. And again, it's not always mathematical equality. It's about treating children equitably and fairly. That's most important. Because we really- The we last really thing that people want is to have family members not talk to each other once they're gone, because all of us, most of us want that harmony. We want that co continuation of cousins and, you know, and aunts and uncles and all that to, to go on. And this can just destroy all of what you worked your whole life to create. So many times when no planning is done, we see it so often, it destroys a family. They get, uh, and uh, oftentimes it's because there's no plan and there's, there's not good communication. If the family communicates, explains what the, the family plan is, everyone understands it. When there's an event and someone passes away, everyone knows what's going to happen, and the transition is, is so much easier. Um, I always tell um, my clients that when you die, what I really want to have happen is I want to have a great estate plan that transfers everything with the least amount of tax in an efficient way. But what I really want is I want your family, your children, to be able to get together on Thanksgiving and Christmas dinner and enjoy it and everyone get along. 
And if we can do that along with uh, minimizing taxes and transferring the business, then we've done a complete job. We've really done a good job for you. And you know, Carl, I know that you feel strongly as I do about this. We try to meet with our clients um, and their families at least once a year or every other year and kind of go through the estate plan, go through the succession plan, talk through any concerns. And a lot of times I have to say the elephant in the room gets exposed, but it's so much better than and to talk about it and to come to some conclusions around it. Family meetings are absolutely wonderful and they're essential. So much better to talk about it when everyone uh, uh, is, has their faculties, everyone knows what's happening, everyone can ask questions, there's no uncertainty, there's no guessing what mom and dad wanted to do. You can have an open and honest discussion about it. Sometimes they're not always easy discussions, okay? but they cut off so many more problems in the future and it, it makes things go better. So they're not always easy discussions to have, but they're good discussions to have and every, it helps everyone to have an understanding of what's gonna go on. I know we had a meeting not, just long, not too long ago with a, a client and we had the family in there and um, the client automatically assumed that everybody wanted to stay in the business. And when he passed away, and basically they all kind of looked at each other and said, well, we really don't want to stay in the business. You know, if something happened, we would sell the business. And he was just shocked that, but he assumed that they all wanted it. There were some that wanted to stay in there, but some of them didn't. And so it really opened up um, an opportunity to let everybody have a voice. And the, what we were dealing with now was facts, but not just assumptions. Absolutely right. Everyone kind of get the, gets their feelings out on the table and there's a clear understanding of what, what everyone wants. And, and sometimes you have that situation and the, uh, the patriarch of the family says, well, I want to make sure I take care of my employees. So if you kids don't want this business, you know, we're going to transfer it to the employees uh, to make sure that they're taking care of them because this business is really, really important to me and I want to make sure it continues. So we'll find a way to sell it to the employees on, on terms at work. The family can receive the assets, but the business continues. Carl, we've talked a little bit about the employees. We've talked about the family, but what about the clients? And what about the other people that are working with that business? How important is it to them to know that you have a succession plan in place? Sure. I mean, there's lots of stakeholders in a successful business, right? And it's important. Everyone benefits whether it be the, the customers of the business, the vendors to the business, um, to know that that ongoing business is going to be successful. Um, your banker uh, wants to know that you have a business succession plan in place uh, because they want to make sure that they're loan secure. So all stakeholders in, in a, uh, a business uh, benefit when they know that business is going to continue, it's going to prosper, and it doesn't just end upon the death of the, the, the founder of the business. I've had clients ask me, you know, who's gonna take over and who will be working with me if you retire and what if you die? You know, and Julie always says, because she's the president, that mom, you're gonna outlive me and I'll retire before you do. But the truth <laughs> of it is, is that I don't know that I always wanna be running the business. And so there are ways that business owners can stay involved like I have and doing the things that we love to do and other people take over some of the other responsibilities. So just because you have a succession plan doesn't mean you have to sell your business and it doesn't mean that you have to leave your business. Yeah. 
I mean, you've grown this business for many, many years. It's an important part of you. And the last thing I'm sure you want to do is just completely walk away from it because it's part of you, right? Yes. So in the right cases, uh, you know, we can have a staging where the person backs away maybe from the grinded out day-to-day work at the company, but in terms of big strategy, um, in terms of uh, uh, looking at the big picture, the founder wants to be involved and maybe works half-time or quarter-time but it's important to them and it gives them something uh, to believe in, gives them a purpose in life that if they just retire and golf all the time, they won't have. Well, and you know, I figure I'm the best I've ever been. I've gone through so many scenarios. I know so much. I can teach other people as well, but it seems a shame to quit at, sure, at sure. Point when you've got so much experience, but yet I don't think I want to put in the hours that I worked before. So there are ways that you can structure things that is a win-win. I want to recommend um, giving Carl, uh, the attorney Carl Horburn, a call. His number is 414-276-5000. It's the O'Neill, Cannon, Holman, DeYoung, and Lang um, law firm. And he has, and his firm, a fabulous book. It's called The Art, Science, and Law of Business Succession Planning. And they would be happy to send one out to you. And it's a great place to get started. And of course, talking to Carl is also a great place to get started as well. Carl, thank you. It's been a great time with you. And I think we've got, didn't even barely touch the surface of all the things that um, can go right when you do a good planning process. So thank you. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Karen. Thank you for tuning in to our COVID-19 edition of Money Sense. Our goal is to provide valuable information so that you can feel more confident in your financial decisions. You can listen to this show and any that you may have missed at ellenbecker.com slash money sense or on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. To discuss these topics and more with one of our wealth advisors, call us at 262 691 3200 or visit ellenbecker.com for a complimentary consultation.